Hey, Kevin. Hey, Bob. How you doing? You know, I'm mentally exhausted. Today is a Friday, though. It is. Um, Not our normal recording day. It is. Sorry. But that's fine. We, we're trying to get back in the swing of things. So if you're a <laughs> type of person who was like, dang, Bob and Kevin didn't have a, didn't drop a new album or a new episode this week. Dang it. And you're depressed. Well, you know what? You're listening to this now, I bet. And I apologize. We'll try to be more regular. <laughs> Holiday and my birthday got in the way. Massive apologies That's right, for that. right, Bob. You're the uh, big 5-0. Oh. I am the big 5-0. Oh. You know, when I... But I feel great. But this 50 doesn't feel old when you're, like, close to 50 or actually 50, right? I mean, I'm 42, and 42 used to sound really old. <laughs> 50 used to sound super old, but now not so much. <laughs> No. And it's, I mean, it really is, it's more of a function of how you feel. And, you know, and, uh, I'm a big fan of like learning new things and doing new things. And this birthday was not lacking for that. Uh, paddle boarded for the first time, which is pretty fun. Recommend that 10 out of 10. And, uh, we are the proud owners of our first ever solar panel, portable solar panel for the, uh, for the roof nest. Any idea how uh, many watts you get from that? You probably buy it based on wattage. It is a right? 100. Yeah, it's a 100 watt. Uh, it's foldable. So it folds down to like a briefcase size and you open it up and you can either mount it to something or you can just lay it on the ground. Uh, generates 100 watts. Uh, just for reference, we have a 200 watt solar battery and you can charge that via your, you know, just your regular old indoor AC or DC. Is that DC? AC comes DC. out of your wall and it, the wall wart turns it to DC. Okay. So anyway, you can charge it in your wall. <laughs> okay. And that takes about from a, a full charge is like eight hours. But you can also charge it via the solar panels. And the solar panel on a nice day takes about five hours. Really? You're telling me. Yes. That. The Unlimited energy that comes out of my wall right here takes longer. <laughs> so I wonder if that's a function. I wonder how many amps you're actually generating, uh, you know, of that 100 watts. Is it like a 5-volt output? Any idea? I'm just curious. I think it's actually 12. 12, okay. All right. So volts times um, amps equals watts. So I'm, I'm trying to do that. Anyway, I'm not going to do math no, on no, in You know more than yet. I do. But the cool thing is, in addition to it charging the big battery... The solar panel has three USB chargers built in as well. So you can charge three devices plus charge the battery. Is that like three <laughs> so, like flip phones or like actual iDevices like iPhone? Uh, we had an iPhone and I, an Apple Watch today charging simultaneously, and it did fine. Sweet. So I actually have a yeah. solar panel sitting around here somewhere. It's kind of one of those backpack ones where you fold up, put it in the backpack, and you know, get it yeah. out. Okay. Uh, this one's slightly bigger than that and slightly... I wouldn't want to pack this one anywhere. It's like 12 pounds. Gotcha. So. Well, that's very interesting. So, hmm, Bob is going off the grid, as you can tell here. So. <laughs> yes, on my shopping list is a, uh, a signal booster for the cell phone service. And uh, I think that's the last thing. Well, we're looking for that mobile internet mystery, but... I think it's just going to be boosting cell signal is the best we're going to be able to do. Well, that's great. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, so Bob's been off the grid uh, for a little bit because of the holiday and birthday. And so I've been uh, having Bob um, 
uh, withdrawal, if you will. And I started a new job. So that's kind of, I'm not sure if we said anything last uh, pod or not. Anyway, new job. I think we've been being quiet about it. Yeah. So. Anyway, <laughs> it's uh, it's going well. It's uh, yeah, I won't get into any details, but it's it's very cool. I'm very excited. Very so far. <laughs> yeah, there's always you know, ask me in three months, but so far it's going <laughs> really great. Oh, we did kind of allude to it last episode though, when we were talking about um, boundaries. Oh yeah, and having your reports ask you for time. Yeah, yeah, you were a big talker. So we'll. We'll see how that looks in three months for sure. And I want to give an update uh, and personal, like, selfish, shameless, if you will, plug Etsy store that uh, the wife and I are running. We've actually went from, does anyone know, is this thing on? You know, tap, 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 is this thing on to... <laughs> the build it and they don't come. Yeah, yes. Right. <laughs> uh, and we and this is uh, the silver lining of our pandemic quarantine that we, we decided to start an Etsy business. And I think we're up to 50 sales as of today, which um, nice. is not bad. Not bad. Considering I'm like, I don't think anyone's going to buy anything ever. So, so far, it's been going well, selling all kinds of stuff. So we've sold stickers, uh, vector files. like So just people just do digital downloads. Um, people have bought tangible things like uh, wooden signs. Uh, I've got a ton. And Bob, when we came on the air, but well, before the air, you'd mentioned the signs that nobody can see behind me. This is great radio. <laughs> but uh, I've made some some signs because they're I, beautiful signs. Well, thank you. Um, For those listening at home. So, shameless plug scribbler.net. That's S C R I B L r.net so there's no e so it's very hipster and only one b so s-c-r-i-b-l-r.net if you want to buy crap from me you could totally can but based on the fact that you guys don't even take free stickers free coasters and free magnets you probably won't go there but you know what i feel better that i've done my job (laughs) (laughs) well we, we should probably get that company on the books as a live read sponsor and uh you know Help defray the costs of our editing and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, um, I don't have we mentioned that we we hired uh, an actual editor for the show. So Bob used to do all the editing for the show. So we would say, you know, hey, we talking, we're talking. All right, now send me that file, Kevin. You know, this is this is my Bob voice. And then uh, Bob would, <laughs> you know, I don't know, he would do whatever Bob does, and then magically a episode would appear in my timeline on Twitter. He's a, you know, blah, blah, blah. But now we have a bona fide sound engineer. And yes, and I will say there's a little bit of nepotism going on here. But you know what? We're okay because it's it's Bob's son. It's how we operate on the Bob and Kevin <laughs> show. We, we spread the love. It's a family business, if you will. And he's done a great job. And uh, hopefully here's it. His name's Josh. And yes, what's the name of his company, Bob? It's a uh, Beatty Bard. It's Beatty-Bar.media, so B-A-T-Y-B-A-R-R.media. .media. Oh, I don't know if I've seen that one too many times. So he, Too many TLDs. He's, uh, he does all kinds of sound stuff, right? So he does podcasts. Is he doing anything else? Doing audio, you know, he like does music? Live music production, uh, post-production. They do streaming events pretty much everything related to audio and they do, do dabble in video as well. Awesome. So it's pretty impressive stuff. All right. Well, that's the Bob and Kevin show. We've just told you about all of our <laughs> advertising. Just kidding. <laughs> hey, got to pay the bills. 
You are listening to The Bob and Kevin Show with Bob Beatty Barr and Kevin Gisheski. Each week we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. Our website is bobandkevin.show. And our episodes can be found virtually on any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. We are here to discuss something in particular today, are we not? We are. So, Bob gave me homework, uh, which was great homework. Turned out to be, like, a fun assignment. He asked me to, to uh, ponder a social dilemma. But that's with <laughs> capital letters, right, Bob? Yes, The Social Dilemma, a newly released documentary on Netflix. Um, it was actually directed by Jeff Orlowski, uh, Kevin, do you know an important factoid about Jeff? Um, aside from the fact that he might be Polish? <laughs> no, I don't. Could you guess where he resides? Uh, Poland? Russia? Boulder, Colorado. Oh! <laughs> okay, well. Je- Jeff is a proud citizen of the Republic of Boulder. <laughs> so, I-, I think I've heard that name for it. Has he done anything else, or is this... Um... I'm like sure he has if thing. I pop up. Oh, actually, no, I know off the top of my head. He has two other documentaries, recent documentaries, and they're related to um, climate change. One is Chasing Ice, I believe is what it's called. And the other one is Chasing Coral. Well, I just want to make sure Jeff knows that Bob lives in Boulder. So if you guys, like Jeff, if you're listening to this, first off, hi. It was a great documentary. <laughs> and second off, maybe Bob would like to get a six-foot socially distanced coffee with you one day and uh yeah anyway i was actually thinking if this episode goes well we send him to it and ask him if he wants to come on to talk about it a little bit more oh i like that it could be like That'd joe be joe crazy. rogan without joe rogan it would be great <laughs> <laughs> okay all right so what's what's the social dilemma about bob well, Social Dilemma is actually, it was so surreal watching it. And I think Kevin agrees with me here because I think we chatted about it briefly. It was almost like watching an encapsulation of the last two years of the Bob and Kevin show, except in a documentary slash drama presentation. So it basically takes a look at what social media is and actually what it really is. And that's where it gets really meaty is, you know, Kevin and I have talked about for years now, you know, the AI behind it, the responsibility of the different networks and things like this. And this documentary actually dives into how it all works and has guest speaking or interview style with many developers that were in the early stages and other players uh, high up inside of networks like Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and the likes. Yep. So it's kind of interesting because they kind of had like a scripted part and a non-scripted part, and I've seen that so much now, like with the Mars uh, television series, where it's part yes. documentary, it's part scripted, where they're telling a narrative, you know, and then they're kind of like extrapolate or extracting uh, themselves from the drama and then like talking through the issues and then, you know, they go back to like showing you an example. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. The one thing that I really appreciate in that format, especially with this kind of content is you have a lot of speakers that are, 
you know, highly educated, highly analytical, and they're talking about topics that are not exactly very tangible. You're talking about machine learning, artificial intelligence, um, their advanced degrees in persuasive technologies and things like that. And then when they add the drama element back in, it kind of paints the picture for, you know, kind of connects dots and paints the picture that sometimes hearing the commentary direct from the developers might seem a little like heady and not tangible. Yeah. So uh, one of the themes that they had was we as a society have entered a new phase. So in the beginning, in the early uh, part of civilization, we had our first forms of media with the printing press, with the Gutenberg press. And then, you know, we had television and radio, or I guess we had radio, then television. And then the newest kid on the block, if you will, is your freaking smartphone. And one of the things that they brought up and I thought it was like, you know what? You're right. Your smartphone's really like a slot machine. It's like going to the casino. Hmm. Everyone likes a mystery. Oh, there's my phone. It's right there. Ooh, it's got a blinky light. What does it have for me? So we started, you know, a long time ago. I guess I guess it were 10 years. So the smartphone really came into being about 10 years ago. I guess the first iPhone was like 2007, but I think it really hit mainstream where everyone had a smartphone-ish was 2010. We're addicted. And now you may say, well, what are we addicted to, Kevin? Just that I see my phone. No, you're addicted to what? The dopamine rush, just like a regular recreational drug provides you. And the problem is with that statement is that it didn't just happen to be that way. It was intentionally built from the ground up to take advantage of that that neurosis, that need for that dopamine. And that's the part that really, so I watch it with Caroline, full disclosure. We watched it, you know, I said, Hey, Kevin and I have this homework assignment for the show. I think you should probably watch this because she's had, you know, parentally speaking, she's had all these great ideas about how to limit the kids. And and we can get to that a little bit later too, but not with any like scientific backing. She just, you know, intuitively knew that this was not good for the kids. And I wanted her to kind of get that exposure to it. And sure enough, she was like, oh shit. You know, like when she found out, is nefarious the right word? I mean, Um, it was designed intentionally that way, but it was, was it designed maliciously and nefariously that way? Well, let, let's let's unpack that real quick. So, yeah. how many days? How many hours are there in Bob's day? Twenty-four. Like it's not, my waking not a, not moments. Not a trick question. It's twenty-four, Bob. Yep. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about waking. No. Like how much I was awake. Okay. How many are in Kevin's, Bob? Twenty-four. So, if you want my attention or your attention, you're going to have to compete because there's only twenty-four. There's about eight or less that we sleep, and then we have another eight for working. Blah, blah, blah. So really what these phones are in their very essence are two things. It's an attention trap. So literally your your attention. They want to trap you to put your face in front of it and keep your attention because they can only keep it for so long and they want to try to monetize your attention. And they're also the world's greatest manipulation engines ever created. Yes, and it's subtle manipulation over time so much that you don't even notice that it's happening. What what you mentioned it earlier. Hey, this is kind of like a culmination of the Bob and Kevin show for the last years. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they showed the Truman show in the documentary. Yes. And I'm like, we've totally talked about that. We've totally said, you know what? 
Facebook treats us all like we're all on our own Truman shows. And it's so flipping true. And they actually brought it up. I'm starting to wonder, was it Jeff? Jeff, did you? Yeah, did you Jeff get, Orlowski. Did you get yeah. that idea from us? Just wondering. Just, you know, just, <laughs> just lie to me. Just say yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they've <laughs> totally been listening or they've been just, you know, collecting. Uh, the other thing that I loved, which is something that we've talked about over and over and over again, is the 3D avatar creation that basically spanned the length of the entire documentary. In the control room, part of the drama aspect of it, there was a very rough human form at the beginning and they basically showed the evolution through the data collection and then then steering to provide the content that they wanted the user to see user put a pin in that um and over the course of the hour and 30 minute documentary that person became a full resolution animation of themselves oh the- but in the in the image of the software basically oh the one that really got me i'm like you dirty bastards was Hey, we haven't heard from, I forget the character's name. Let's call him Timmy. We haven't heard from Timmy in a while. He's, he's off the grid. All right, here's what we'll do. You need to flash his ex-romance up on the screen, showing that they have a new fling. Oh, it totally worked. You know, he's back on the grid. All right. Oh, my gosh. I, felt, I feel like that is so, so what they do. Well, they gave a hint into that earlier when he was talking to his buddy in like the cafeteria and that girl that he'd kind of been, you know, like thought she was cute or whatever. They had the data on her phone and his phone and knew that they were in proximity and somehow served up a notification. So notifications are a recurring theme and all this as well to bring you back to the device. Um, And because the data that they had, they knew that she was close And it took an in-person interaction between the guys sitting on the sofa to them both being on their phones because they got sucked into their phones. It just, there was so much great illustration of the concepts. Another interesting slash scary theme was one of the people in the documentary part basically said to the effect of, you know, we're probably going to end up tearing ourselves apart because, you know, we all kind of go with, ah, the world will end world war three nuclear weapons. Well, at this point, I think we're on track to just rip each other apart without <laughs> weapons, with our literal hands and probably small arms, um, because these manipulation engines, these Truman shows are all individual. We we could even be following the same people, Bob, on our social media. We could have the exact same friends list, but they've got so many inputs from so many places that they start manipulating what they show us, and we'll get different feeds, even if yes. we have the same uh, sort of uh, friendless. So at the end of the day, when I hear Zuckerberg say, oh, we just want to connect people, I just roll my eyes and go, oh, that's so you can manipulate us. That's why. Yeah, there, there's two major takeaways like or two major intents. So the intent came up a lot in the documentary as well. So, you know, if you believe at the core of human beings that all human beings are good the intent you know they even talked about the like button on facebook the intent of the like button was to spread love you know like to (laughs) to spread good feelings the outcome of the like button you know manifests itself in things like body image problems uh you know 
depression, suicidal thoughts, you know, self-harm. So like the intent was allegedly good, but the outcome is bad. And I think that that relates more so not to the feature, but they reference this a lot in the documentary as well, is that with AI and machine learning, you give the end objective. And if you give a piece of machine code, the objective to maintain viewership, that that code has no idea the difference between good and evil. And so it's going to do whatever it takes to keep that engagement level. It's the paper. And they did kind of like, they, they made that personal in the drama part too, which was nice to see illustrated. It's the paperclip uh, factory problem. You know, if you give AI a single goal of, hey, make as many paperclips as you can, and then eventually it just eliminates humans because they're in the way. But hell, Earth's got stacks of paperclips, you know, in a hundred years, you know, everywhere. So um, yeah, the like button, um, you'd mentioned the suicide rate and depression. Yeah, they showed some charts of how it's, you know, when social media was introduced, the rates have just skyrocketed, not just a little bit, just like through the freaking roof. You know, there's so much um, shame. Rates in the ages too. It's the, the, the ages have di- like something that wasn't even an issue for that eight to 14 or eight to 11 group or whatever it was is now like, you know, a hundred times, you know, more prevalent or hundred 180% more. We've talked how, having the right phone or so many followers is the new status symbol. You know, it's the, it's the current generation status symbol. Um, have you ever watched Cobra Kai, which was originally was on YouTube red and then now it's on Netflix. No, but when we started watching the documentary last night, we're like, Oh, we're coming back for Cobra Kai for sure. All right. So I'm one season in and one of the themes they have on there is, you know, shaming people through social media and whatnot. I'm like, Oh, this is just, this is what I worry about. You know, as my kids get older, um, my daughters especially, because when they look through Instagram, when they see on YouTube and all these, that's not what people really look like. Those are called filters. Now, fortunately, they know what filters are. The problem is, is I don't think that matters that they know what it is. I think they're going to have some sort of, why don't I look like that? You know, why don't I have that many followers? You know, oh, I, you know, they won't, they won't hang out with me because I only have this many people, friends on on whatever, right? Oh, it's just so crazy. Well, I think it's interesting. I think we could probably jump to this part now that, you know, in the beginning of the documentary, and they kind of brought it in early, so it's okay if we bring in early too, is that it's very easy to go to like, all right, here's a dark thing. Here's a dark thing. Like, here's all the downsides. And then they were like, what's the problem? And all these great minds that have been part of this since the early days who helped develop it, who got it to the crazy point where it is, could not put their finger on what the problem is. It's just so many different things. There's not one particular thing. Here's one for you. Knowing what you know about social media, do you feel like a lab rat, Bob? That actually, that concept came up in the documentary. Oh, I too. know. I mean, <laughs> we are, yeah, we all are because we they're feeding us, they're putting the cheese somewhere in the maze and they're trying to come up with ways to get us to the cheese. And so, yeah. Here's a morality question. Would you sacrifice a bunch of lab rats if it it, uh, culminated in curing cancer? Well, sure. Okay. That that was supposed to be an easy one, Bobby. Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. All right. Would you... Sorry for all the animal lovers out there. Would you 
sacrifice a bunch of lab rats for profits, just for pure money? Did you just kill the rats? No. Okay. So they kind of talked about this, like you said in the documentary, where, well, lab rats, you know, we feel like that, but at least that's working towards a, a common good, curing cancer, solving world hunger, you know, whatever, medical. But we're lab rats, but what is the, what is the eventual good? There isn't one. It's profits. And so what they talked about during there was that depression and suicide rate, but real people are really dying because of social media. You know, people are actually dying. And Zuckerberg, it's not that far of an extension to say, hey, Zuck, you get paid because even though your platform kills people and people say, whoa, 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 that's a bridge too far, Kevin. Well, if I shoot somebody, that's a direct thing. If, uh, you know, there's a, there's a famous book and I can't even remember it, but basically the farther you away from the actual death, the less you feel about it. So the sniper feels a little bit less than the person who is on the front lines. The air air force pilot who drops a bomb feels less remorse about killing people because they're in an airplane that, you know, and so on and so forth. So there's like a, this distance thing. So I, I'm pretty sure Zuckerberg's at home going, oh, that's just not true. We're, we want to connect people. But I'm looking at going, you know what? Your product, your product, product plural, products, WhatsApp, Instagram, results in people dying, whether you like it or not. I mean, the most famous, or not famous, but the most recent one was these Kenosha, you know, shootings, right? Wasn't there like a call to arms and people showed yes, up and people and actually Facebook died? Missed the, yeah, Facebook missed removing Bob, the militia group. But Bob, it was a operational error, according to Zuck. So we're good. Yes. We're just going to have a meeting about it. I mean, people are dead, but we're going to have a meeting about it. So we're good, right? Yeah. That, according <laughs> to Mark, yes. According to Mark. All right. Sorry, I'm being um, facetious here. Well, no, and the crazy thing is, is one of the people in the documentary was talking, referencing like the three dials, you know, the emotion, the content, the advertising, I think is what the, the three dudes in the room were representing. But the guy even, you know, he said almost straight out that the control on those dials went all the way to the top. Yep. All the way. He said all the way to Mark. Let's we need a little more revenue this month. Let me turn this dial over here. We need a little, Oh, we need, we need a little, you know, give people some room here. Give them less ads, less ads, more friends, more family, more, more birthdays. Right. Just, Oh, how, how gross is that? But again, I'll go back to, it's more than just one. There's many, there's many programs, many AIs running within those ecosystems and each one of them has a very specific objective because we've talked about this on the show many times before. There's no such thing as, you know, like really multitasking AIs. You know, you can tell, is it a dog or is it, a, you know, a muffin or, you know, it's very specific tasks. So you have these multiple AIs in these giant computing centers and they only have a solitary objective. One is to raise money to find those advertising opportunities, to connect advertisers and streams. One of them is to, you know, control the content flow to keep you picking up that phone. And the other one is the emotion AI that it's like, you once clicked on a thing that was related to this topic. What can we send that user to keep them engaging with that same kind of, you know, emotional feeling? Bob, if I came... And that's, I think, where the problem comes If I comes came in. to you and said, hey, Bob, I got this great idea. What, what are goal ultimately is is to waste people's time and the more time we waste out of somebody the more we get paid what do you think 
I mean, that just sounds horrible, but that's what these are, right? Yeah, and one of the guys was the 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 gentleman who got brought in to be in charge of Facebook's monetization platform. And you could just tell that guy was he had some regret or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, he can't sleep at night. I I mean, I'm sure he feels awful. You could just tell by the way he was just so pause ridden in his responses. It was just crazy. So, okay, let me ask a, a pointy question. So, could they even fix this? They meaning social media companies, if they even wanted to. And here, let me preface it a little more while you gather an answer. Because, you know, shareholder value, you know, uh, you know, they're hiring more people, blah, blah, blah. If if I came to you and said, Hey, Facebook, just stop, just stop. You know, uh, just show us regular banner ads like it's 1999. You know, it doesn't relate to me. It's just some, you know, Yahoo Sports banner. You know, I don't even like sports, but that's the banner in front of you. Remember that old advertising model, right? I mean, if we go oh, to, if we go back yeah. to that model, they're going to look at us and go, well, that's not sustainable, Kevin. And so my question to you is, is short of actually just saying, you know what, there's no more Facebook. How do they fix it? Can they even fix it if they wanted to? I, I don't think you can't unwire, like you can't unwire the AI. Like the AI is like, all right, because the AI gets its dopamine hit too, you know, in yeah, theory. reward system. If the, if the AI achieves the goal, it just wants to achieve the goal again to make it a repeatable, you know, success thing. You can't tell it to stop succeeding. Like, so you could unplug like one of the, th- if, let's just say it's a three headed monster. You could unplug the advertising one. But does that change the shift over time that the the media can do to us with the content and the emotion? Probably not. Well, there's good news, Bob. AI and machine learning have a consciousness, right? They have they have morality. They they no, they, they would have feel no bad, idea. right? They have no idea oh, between right, right and wrong. That's right. They just win and lose. <laughs> it's all numbers. Um, the one thing that I did like, um, I can't call the guy's name. He's the really like trippy looking dude with the dreads and the beard. Yep, I know you're talking about. Yep. He was like, he's like, just don't click the recommended video. Use your freedom of choice. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, so you could do that, but could everyone do that? Because the AI would become rendered useless at that point. If no one ever clicked on the recommended video or never clicked on an ad that came up before the video, it would basically self-destruct. But we can't even get everyone to like get a vaccination. <laughs> well, I learned during that documentary, apparently the guy who, who created the YouTube recommended videos was suggesting in the documentary of all the Chrome extensions you can get to undo his feature. <laughs> yes. I thought that yes. was amazing. <laughs> like, what's going on? Oh, here's a fun fact for you. You and I, and possibly people born up to around 1996, are what, Bob? I'll lead you. Lead you. Who are those group of people with relation to what we're talking? I don't about? think it's. I don't think it's me, but it's the millennials, right? You're nope, talking about. Nope. I'm talking about a group that you are in. Oh, you're talking about the Xers. Okay. All right. This is terrible radio. I'll just dish here. <laughs> okay. So, you. Myself and people born all the way up to, but not beyond 1996, maybe the last generation born outside of the Matrix. Meaning, we may be the oh, only yes. people flipped it. Yeah. who 
have lived in a world that no that didn't know this level of manipulation and then people right. born after 90, 1996 have only lived in a world where everything is manipulated for them right those that are in middle school now are the fir- the first generation that have not known social media yeah and doesn't that scare you <laughs> that's it's like oh my gosh well i'm just talking about the manipulation part of it because you know what do we, where do we get our information before social media? We got it from the nightly news, usually cable news. Yeah. That's, that's and before that, we got it from mom or dad, or you know, the water cooler, and you know, so the newspaper. I guess guess that still existed prior to all this, but now we get it all through social media. I mean, when's the last time you didn't get something through social media? And I'm including, you know, all these articles we send each other because where do we get those article links from? <laughs> so right. they come from our. Actually, a lot of them I get from the news site, but I'm going to lump them in with social media too because they're using the same techniques. You know, news is what the news is on those pages are the the conglomeration of all of our emotions and what we want, and then the advertisers as well, because they're all ad driven. So using similar algorithms, I I think the biggest difference though, that we're talking about here is in the olden days, scare quotes, it wasn't, it wasn't accessible 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. You could only watch the news in the morning, in the evening and at night, three times, you know, and most people didn't, they only watched it, you know, like maybe at the dinner time or the bed or, you know, right before bed type thing. And the newspaper, you picked it up once, maybe picked it up later, but you weren't consuming it in its entirety, you know, 25 times a day. Oh, man. <laughs> Quick aside. Do you remember when the Sunday newspaper used to be like, you know, pretty amazing? It's like, oh, give me the Best Buy ad. Give me the Target ad. You know, that still happens. When it around- used to be 300 dead trees per person. Yes. Those were the glory <laughs> days. I mean, it still happens around Black Friday. Um, that's the only time I actually look at the newspaper anymore. Uh, just an aside, Home Depot has canceled Black Friday. <laughs> Jerks. <laughs> I'm kidding. I have no idea why. Um, so this is a total. This is related, but it's a total aside. Did anybody in that documentary look familiar to you yesterday? Ah. Or the other day when you watched it? You mean all the nerdy looking tech people i mean they all look familiar but uh steve wozniak there was, very, there was a very specific person that was one of the speaking guests that you should have recognized oh, well i saw steve wozniak in the background but i didn't yeah but he wasn't one of the people how about if i say his name roger McNamee? uh keep going he was also in another documentary that we talked about about a year ago well we I, I saw um what's his name? One of the Facebook founders in there. Um what's his name? Shit. I mean, I'm terrible at this. No nope. ex president. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember his name, but yeah, but yeah, McNamee okay. is one of the guys that was in, in the big hack. Okay. He was one of the main characters. Well not main, but he's yeah, definitely one of the protagonists in the big hack as well. Speaking of which I was like, wait, that guy looks familiar. Um for the documentary part, there was a protagonist, and his name was Tristan. What? Uh, uh, Tristan Harris. And so he used to work at Google, and they kind of followed him. And he was doing a kind of like the his story arc. He was doing a presentation, and 
uh, apparently did some Senate discussions or investigation or hearings or whatever, but he basically has a conscience. And I really liked him because he, he was actually the, called the closest thing Silicon Valley has to a conscience. Ooh, that's right. Maybe <laughs> it was subliminal. And I really feel like you and I, even though we don't work in the Valley, I really feel like part of our episode or what we do is just like, you know, always asking that Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park, just because you, you can doesn't mean you should, right? <laughs> you know, we you should always be asking that. And I, I, I don't think everyone has that gene. And clearly the, you know, Facebook, I don't know if you work with Facebook, I'm sorry. You just must have no conscience. You just like, hey, money, <laughs> the money, Kevin. I stopped at the money. <laughs> you know, there's been a lot of people leaving though. Yeah, but they're also. I mean, it's like an abusive relationship. You go to Facebook going, oh, I can change him. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can make a difference. Bullshit. <laughs> the market cap of Facebook says, no, you can't. I mean, just right. no, not going to happen. I don't think anybody goes there thinking they're going to change the way Facebook does business. Then why do you go to Facebook? Remember, like, money? Uh, to make money. <laughs> <sighs> or you don't believe that it's as bad. If you go to Facebook now, you could probably be going there thinking it's not as bad as what it is. And then you find out and then you leave. I shared that article with you. Facebook's paying people to d- log off and stay off of Instagram and Facebook for like, on a weekly basis, they'll pay you in the weeks leading up to the election. I'm not sure the what, the why. I would like to have people say, you know what? I won't pay you anything. There, actually, here we go. Bob and Kevin show hereby decrees that we will pay you nothing to quit Facebook. Anyway, all right, moving on. Oh, but you know exactly why they're doing it, though. They're going to follow up with some data analysis to find out what you knew about the election, what choices you made and why. And they're going to run that against data that they have in their giant machine to see. (laughs) Trying to recalibrate everything. (laughs) Well, well, probably, probably looking for a justification that says, see, even if they weren't on Facebook and Instagram, they made these choices just like they would have if they were on it. Oh, you're saying they're building a defense to go, see, we weren't the reason that Trump got reelected. It didn't sway our platform didn't sway the election. That's oh, exactly what they're After watching for. this documentary, that is the biggest lie ever. This social media is a manipulation engine. That is what it does. It manipulates you for profit. It pushes you towards an, an advertiser. It pushes you towards whatever. And all these AI and machine learning models have done nothing but make things more and more polarized. One thing they brought up during the uh, documentary was... You know, some people look at other people go, how could they be so stupid? Well, the problem is, is they're not operating with the same information as you. You're, you know, we all make this assumption that, you know, the others, you know, air quotes, scare quotes. We got to trademark that, by the way. The scare quotes, (laughs) uh, the other people, you know, they're so stupid. The problem is, is they're being shown information that's different than what you're being shown. And, oh, the, the crazy dreads guy, he's not a crazy guy, but his dreads were, uh, he, he was talking about what if Wikipedia was different for every person? And I was like, right. Yeah, exactly. You know, if I went, you know, looked up, um, the Bob and Kevin show on Wikipedia, it's not there. Feel free to add it. If you, if you have access or <laughs> can do so. Um, you know, they, uh, you know, what if, what if they had a different definition depending on what they knew about you? That's what Facebook does. And that's why we don't know anymore what the truth is because the truth is now 
two billion there's two billion versions of it. That's how many Facebook users are. So you know everyone's got their own slightly different version, and and they all have different pockets of truth. And we can't operate as a society like that, can we, Bob? Well, the proof is in the pudding, and no, we can't. <laughs> We're living it right now, and it's not going so well. All right, another interesting thought question here. What would happen if the scare quotes matrix suddenly stopped? Let's just say tomorrow you woke up and there were no Facebook, no Instagram, no Twitter. I I can only think of that as being like a Black Mirror episode going, oh my gosh, we're, all, gonna, we're all disconnected. We're awake. What happened? I'm going to take it one step further because I know you've watched this as well. The most recent season of Westworld. So think about the way that this documentary ended where it zoomed out and there was a bunch of those little control rooms for each and every person. I was, t- I paused the show in the middle last time we were watching and I said to Caroline, I said, the last season of Westworld is this exact concept. There was that giant supercomputer that those two brothers collected everything that ever happened throughout time. And then were able to predict what was going to happen and identify the outliers. If that thing got taken down, if Facebook, Google, YouTube got taken down, there would be chaos in the streets initially. And we'll have to wait till next season of Westworld to see if it smooths out. But <laughs> because why? Here, I'll, I'll fill in the gap here because there's crazy groups like QAnon who want to turn everything into a conspiracy theory about everything just to stir chaos. You sent me an article today about uh, what is it, QAnon? Well, the fires in yeah. Oregon. Explain. That, that, you know, stories floating around that their 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 intentional arson set simultaneously. Not sure what the end game would be to burn down the West Coast. That doesn't seem conspiracy <laughs> theories. I think there's got to be just some sort of intrinsic human need to believe conspiracy theories. They've talked about it in this documentary with the flat earthers. Yes, Facebook as a phenomenon Twitter, how it spreads. Yeah. Social media was able to convince normal, sane people that the world is not flat. Oh yeah. my God. That, I mean, that's, that's, that's enough proof there to go. This is a dangerous thing in the wrong people's hands. And I have to tell you right now, it's definitely in the wrong people's hands because Zuckerberg is always on record saying, oh, well, we don't want to be the arbiters of what is true and whatnot. You know why, Bob? Because truth is supposed to be singular. The thing is, it's very plural, and he knows we, it, and he's made it that way. We can't sell ads if it's singular. Right. Oh, well. <laughs> we, we can't have a right and a wrong. We can't have a up or a down or left and right. We need to have, well, what do you think up or down is, Bob? And, oh, by the way, here's an advertiser who would like to consult with you about that. But, Kevin, you think it's crazy that the Earth is flat and that... Oh. Liberal Fuck. elites are <laughs> drinking the blood of children. You know, but what if that's what if that's because that's the reality that the Matrix has pushed us? Is that that's crazy? It's so funny. Like, like there's so many people go dot 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 Hillary Clinton Foundation or the Clinton Foundation and George Soros. I don't know anything about either one, but I'm pretty sure they're not the root of all evils. But apparently. <laughs> People out there just want to say everything is, oh, it's George. I don't even, is he even a real person? I don't know. But you know what? <laughs> He's not affecting my life. I know that much. He's the puppet master. Come on, Kevin. Who Do you even know who he is? I I, I, I Googled him once. I went, eh, who's this guy? 
Okay. I think he was a media mogul and, you know, aligned himself with the coastal elites. Who knows? But have you um, seen some of the candidates who've won their primaries recently? Oh, this year? Yeah. The QAnon supporters? Yeah. Yeah. Holy, holy scary, Batman. Like, yeah. And we talked about that a little bit in 77 as well. So if you want to go back I and think listen this to is that, a, for sure. This is how Nazi propaganda, you know, works. If you tell a lie big enough, and tell often enough, people oh. will start to believe it. And it's no longer a lie. You've now convinced people that it is what, Bob? The truth. It's the truth. And that's that's the scary part here. And now imagine having a whole technology platform that's able to do that for you. Oh, that's just great. <laughs> well, let's take the wackadoodle out of it for a second. Because the question that you asked was, what if it all got shut off? Right. And one of the, the things that echoed throughout the the documentary is that it was, it's a subtle shift in behavior over time. And like one of the big, you know, I, I think it's a personal belief of mine is that people don't necessarily change, but apparently in the right social environment, in, in the right like stimulus in with social media, you can change. And so if that gets turned off, that became your sense of identity. Like that news feed, that echo chamber, those likes, you know, the people you follow, that was your sense of identity. If that gets turned off, wackadoodle or not, only the strongest of us are going to be able to like persevere through that because you lose <clears throat> you lose yourself when that gets turned off. You know, I actually had this thought experiment since I watched the documentary. Kevin, you've got like no followers on Twitter or social media. What if you had a bunch, you know, pick a big number, and then suddenly you didn't because they got shut down? How would you handle that? And I think you're right. I think people who like that, who have this voice would suddenly be derelict and be like, oh my gosh, what do I do? You know, that, that was what I did. You know, I, I sent out tweets. I sent out Instagram photos. I TikToked, you know, if that's even a, a verb. But you know, I think it is, <laughs> you know, I, I think you're right. I think there'd be a large bunch of people who would just have like no will or no direction on where to go in life. Right. Even the people who don't engage by providing the content, they thrive off the validation of the content echo chambers that that they've curated, but have also been helped to be curated for them. See, and that's a whole nother thing is like, have I curated my feed or was I guided in that curation? Have, like, did I actually exactly. have free will or did I not? Like, were, was I chosen to take this place to have a hundred thousand followers, a million followers? Did, did I do this or did the system make me, right? Right. But you keep looking at it from the content provider. I'm looking at it from like the feed that I've curated. Like, did I actually choose to follow the people that I follow oh, or gotcha. were they chosen for me? In a way they were presented to you it's leading the horse to water you you yeah. you have to you have to be the one that drinks but you're you know they put you in contact with who they want you to be in contact with it's not like you're typing somebody's name you never heard of because why you've never heard them you're clicking follow because it's right there rarely do you ever go oh i wonder what so and so and so and so's twitter is rarely you're, right. you're, and you, right. But you don't see everyone's, like, I don't see all of your retweets. I only see the retweets of yours that fit 
my avatar. Yeah, and I'm, so I almost get none of your tweets, and, and I always wondered why that is. Apparently, our our th- res, high res avatars don't really align as much as our real people do. <laughs> so the, the documentary ended with turn off all your notifications, whatnot. And you know what I did? I turned off all my notifications, like because there's an Android, there's turn them all off. And then you can bring them back in. So I only brought it back in like my Etsy and my eBay and my, my financial stuff. My Twitter is actually off. So I don't know if you've noticed, but in the last week or so, since I've taken a new job, really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I've stayed off of uh, Twitter just because it makes me angry. It just really does. Because I'm being presented with these doom scenarios. You call it doom scrolling in the last episode. And... Watching this documentary, I'm like, you know what? You know who's providing me with this doom? Social media is. Social media is providing me this. They've they've met. You know, they've figured out either what I've like, but also what what I don't like. And they're bringing it to me because well, what you it's what you engage with though. Exactly. So that, like every time you follow a questionable hashtag, like yep. every time you go down that rabbit hole, that's putting a tick in that column for the AI to be like, oh, well, this person tweeted about a controversial tag. Oh, look, there we go, Kevin. I mean, like, the illustration... Why, the, the why couldn't it be, like, bunnies and, like... You have to engage with more of that content if you want to shift that. I guess. Well, the thing that gives me pause is they have so many metrics on you, like, how long did you look at this tweet? How long did it stay in the viewport? You know, how, you know, all that stuff is just data 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 and it gets to the point well well that ship sailed no human knows what's going on in these algorithms even the people who write them right and i've it's I've, complete black box i've written one at my last stop that when somebody said kevin what's the output going to be and i said i look at them and say i have no idea we need to run it because it's yeah. it's pulling in so many things from so many places and it's making a thousand decisions I have no idea. Let, let's find out together. Let's run it. And I, yeah, I just wrote it so the AI could figure out what the output was going to be. I have no idea what it's going to be. The AI is going to figure it out. Right. It's just such a twisted path from A to Z that I don't know. Each, each, each waypoint is very simple. But you know what? Which, which path it will take, which decision tree it'll go down, I have no idea. And if you scale that up to to warehouses full of servers doing this. No human knows. No human no. has any idea. You know what they know? They know that, hey, we're making money. And you know what? The more we 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 nudge these algorithms, turn these dials, if you will, then we get more money coming out the money machine. The manipulation machine puts out more money. And Mark is notorious for saying, you know, more AI can fix this. Yeah, they're I not going to. They're not going to implement the AI to fix it, though, because fixing it would re- would necessitate them making less money. Hey, Mark, please tell us more about how you should fix and regulate your own manipulation engine. Tell us more, please. I'd love to hear this. Well, one of the things that totally shocked me watching the documentary, too, is that I had no idea that there was a degree in persuasive technologies. Oh, there's a class or, at Stanford yeah. or wherever it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, that's problematic. <laughs> well, they, they did bring up the whole idea of psychology. And I'm I'm very into and have always been into magic, you know, as a kid. Yeah. Oh, just yeah. Even now. 
And this is really all this is. Is this just the psychology of, oh, well, if you if you want people to look over here as a magician, you misdirect or whatever, you know. So there's the technological version of magic, if you will. And Facebook's really good at it. And that's the scary part. Um, you know what I would like to do? What I would wish upon Mark Zuckerberg is that we aim his AI and ML at himself, just like he's aimed it at us. Because he probably doesn't engage in it at all. That's what that I was mean. the one thing that rang through. None of those people let their kids do it. They stay away from it. Well, except, you know, when they're working and they all talked about their addiction to it as well. It, of course, he's not, he's never going to get aimed at it. You know, I had to laugh when one of the, one of the representatives or Congress per, per, people asked Mark when he went to Capitol Hill, Hey, Mark, where are you staying? You mind if I publish that? You know, it's like, yeah, get him, get him. You know, oh. whatever. Um, okay, what else are we missing on your list there, Bob? Well, you know me. I am a, a nerd for like how the stuff, you know, how entertainment is made and things like that. And, there, you know, like outside the content, well, I guess it's still content. One of the things that I loved that they did in the production was the quotes that they, you know, like used to break up the content. Any and technology have, that is sufficiently advanced will yes, be indistinguishable, indistinguishable from magic. magic. Is that Arthur C. Clarke? It is. Wow. Uh, one of the other ones that I loved was there are only two industries that call their customers users, illegal drugs and software. Oh, and that's God. just by a guy named Edward Tuft. I don't know what his claim to fame is. And then uh, Sophocles as well. Nothing vast enters the world of mortals without a curse. That oh, was, yes. I think that was one of the opening ones. And I was like, oh shit, this is going to be so dark. Yes. <laughs> Those are all great. Oh. All right. What yeah, else? So top to bottom, I loved the production. Um, I loved the way it was set up. I liked that they had, um, you know, a, a pretty decent array of, uh, you know, guests who were in the industry to kind of address some of the things. That one guy looked like he was always in a prison cell, though. That was a little weird. That the, one where the he was guy? filmed in. Oh, no. No. Right. The guy that was on the metal stool in the really stripped down room, Caroline even said, Why does it look like he's in a prison cell? I'm like, Well, maybe he is. <laughs> <laughs> he's in the Matrix control room. That's what it looks like. <laughs> oh. oh, man. All right, Bob. So I think they predicted in the show, at least some of the people, if. If this goes for another 20 years on its current trajectory, humanity's done for. We'll just. I think 20 years was the longest window. Some of them were like, if it's not fixed in five to 10, we're fucked. I, I can't disagree with that at all because it's a. And I don't think most people would disagree with that. Yet they'll pull their phone out here, you know, after they're listening to this, or maybe you're listen, listening and using Facebook right now <laughs> and be like, whatever. I, I need, I need to stay in contact with so-and-so. So, so that's the big thing. A lot of people, I use Facebook to stay in contact with so-and-so. So I've, I've also pondered, you know, when I left Facebook, I, I lost these connections to, you know, not people I really like, not people I really don't like, it's just people in my past. How do I stay connected to these people? Because if we stood up newsocialmedia.com and said, it's just like Facebook, except that we won't suck the life out of you, and it's going to be $10 a month, because that's what we need to support this. You know how many people would pay for that, Bob? Yeah, we both zero. held up the, z the zero with our <laughs> hand. <laughs> Nobody! So the problem is, is people will bitch and complain about all this and being bad, bad, bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they'll walk on right after this. I don't get it. 
I was also super tickled at the beginning when multiple of the speakers talked about like, um, if, if you don't have to pay for the product, you are the product or what's that quote along those lines? Yeah. If, if, yeah, if, 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 uh, if the product is free, you are the product. Yeah. A couple of people referenced that. I was like, damn, this is our show. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, we're, we're both technologists and I don't, want to get into work specific stuff but i can tell you for sure when i select a job when i am happy and excited a job it really comes down to are we doing the right thing are or are we are we doing ethically proud things and i know i'm like that i i don't know what the general developer feeling is i don't know people coming out of college if they're like I want to work at the, one of the big tech places, Google, Facebook, just for name recognition, not realizing that's like going to work for Darth Vader and you know, Imperials. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's a job, you know, <laughs> I guess I, I don't know. I wonder what they teach these days in college because Stanford's right there in, in the Valley. And a lot of those people get sucked right into big tech right there. You know, young and dumb. Hey, young, dumb, and a lot of money. What do you say? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've been rewatching the show Alias. I don't know if you're familiar with it at all. Is that like an it's old a, early 2000s, like Jennifer Garner or something? Yes. Oh, wow. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice, right. Nicely done. But the whole premise of that show is, is that the main character thinks that she's working for the CIA, but she's actually working for... A, a dark organization that claims to be the CIA. And then she ends up becoming a double agent and still working, like working for the dark group and the CIA. But anyway, it's that whole thing. I think these kids come out of school and they get recruited by these companies. And I'm sure that there's all kinds of shiny flashy, you know, like we're bringing people together. Look at Facebook groups. Oh, don't worry about those nationalist, you know, racist, you know, groups. No, you know, and, and then they come in there and they want to make the world a better place and work for Facebook. And then they're really working for the evil empire. It's just, uh. well, I, I mean, I can kind of see how a young person coming to Facebook, they're worried about the same things I worry about when I take a new job. What's the process? Where's the build server? Where's the source control? You know, what languages are we using? What, where's the style guide? Not uh, really have healthcare. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Not, hey, you know, who's actually using our product? What's the end user look like? And what are they doing nefarious? I mean, some some mature people will, but a young person, I don't think so. They're just like... Well, but also think about the siloing that happens. I mean, that one dude's claim to fame is he was a co-inventor of the like, like button. button. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, if you get brought into a project and you're like, hey, you know, junior dev Sally... You're, you know, your first project is going to be to come up with some new emoticons for responses. I'm like, that sounds great. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's also that distancing, you know, because that developer, that new developer is far, far from, you know, the person that might have been shot because of some Facebook group, you know, had a call to action and, you know. Right, but you could also be working on some tiny little feature that actually dovetails up into the evil machine, but you don't have any visibility into how it's utilized in the end. Yeah, so I have a little bit, and I'm not not saying I've got a ton. I've got a little bit. So when I went to war, I went to Iraq a few times. I never raised my weapon at a bad guy, if you will. Scare quotes, bad guy. I 
<laughs> I was doing IT infrastructure. But at the end of the day, I was supporting people and proudly supporting my fellow soldiers who were going out and pulling those triggers, you know, and doing their thing. So there is culpability that if I'm supporting somebody who does something wrong, you know, you know, that weighs on me. So I think anyone who works at a Facebook or something like that can't necessarily claim that you're completely hands, you know, there's your hands aren't dirty, if you will, because you're just working on emoticons. Right. But that takes an entire organization to admit that there's a problem. And right now from the top down, they're guys saying it's not their problem that, that people, people are the bad actors, not their software. Right. Right. It's, uh, yeah, it's kind of like the guns, right? Kevin, oh. Facebook doesn't kill people. People kill people. Right. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. But what if we didn't have guns or Facebook? Well, that's my rots. Free speech and guns. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That purple thumb, goddammit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, fun times. Okay. So, so I noticed in the documentary... That they did not solve anything. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Which also reminded me of our show. Hey, Jeff. Seriously. We need to talk. <laughs> yeah. We would love to. We could even just do it over beers. Doesn't even have to be on the air. But uh, yeah. If you've made it to the 59th minute, I'm going to reach out to him. I've decided. So what you're saying, Bob, is some really smart insiders of the tech industry were stumped when they were asked, what's the problem? And equally stumped on what's the solution. Yeah, because they couldn't, they had a hard time wrapping their head around what the singular problem was, which therefore means it's a multi-pronged solution and it's going to take a lot of time. And it, you know, like they were saying, the most optimistic one was like 20 years out. I don't know if we got that much time to figure it out. So I know that, um, Tristan, he is the president of the Center for Humane Technology. I don't really know how much headway he's making with that, but it could be a start. So one fleeting thought here about the documentary, they talked about how social media in a completely non or uh, counterintuitive way, in a counterintuitive way, is attacking democracy. So this free speech engine in a way, is actually harming democracy. It, well, but that's a misnomer. It's not a free speech engine. Well, they'll tell you it is. Well, they will, but I think people who people who do a little tiny bit of research know that it's not. So it's, me, it's brainwashing. Let me ask it's you not that, free speech. Let me ask you a different question then, or didn't really ask a question, but I will now ask you a question. <laughs> is social media harmful to democracy? 100%. I think it's harmful to our way of life, period. And democracy is just one of those things. And places like Russia and China, where it's more autocratic, communist, if you will, they basically say, you know what? That shit don't fly here, right? Well, and that's the, that's the flip side. You know, they can say, no, you can't take this away because then we're in a fascist regime. And it's like, well, that's because the fascist regime fills that vacuum. Um, I think you could take it all the way. And the country could dedicate itself to education 
in some way, shape or form, but that would be corrupt because it'd be the winners providing what the education is. Yeah. I don't know. Social media is definitely not helping our way of life. Period. The end. Uh, just personal question. Let's see. Social media kind of came on the scene mid 2000s, maybe late 2000s, right? Yeah. So going pre and post whatever that point in time was, was life, I was, I'm going to say is life better, but that's kind of like, well, it could have been a lot of reasons. Was, was getting your information better or worse pre or post that? I think there's a lot of factors that go into play there. Age is a big one. I probably cared well, you, less. You were probably what, 40? <laughs> 39? Dick. <laughs> um, I, I cared a lot less back then. Um, I didn't have the, this, you know, like I sought knowledge in more traditional ways, apparently. I don't know. Reading, those kind of things. Um, I've gotten lazier, yet more informed with age. I'm sure that social media and the internet has influenced that laziness. Um, I'm questioning the information that I've sucked in in that time because it was. Ooh, that. I'm, I was just thinking that as you. You know what the documentary actually emoted within me? Kevin, your current beliefs, are they actually your beliefs? Right. 100%. Or were they given to you subliminally over time, like the frog in the water, and it just. Now you're where you're at because you've been and manipulated. Now you're boiled. Right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm I actually at, wondering about that. I looked at some posts that I made, you know, because the social media engines are also great at that. Let you look back at your memories. Um, I said some pretty ignorant things, you know, 10, 12 years from, you know, in the past. So, you know, maybe I've grown to be more open-minded since then. That would be weird and counterintuitive, but... Again, were those ideas mine that I grew into or was that feed curated to make me, I don't know, more hippy dippy and more open? <laughs> well, I mean, you're always going to evolve and you're always going to, ev- you know, you're always going to have stimuli during this evolution. So I think the answer is yes, I'm sure you were prodded in a direction and I'm sure you are different than you were. The question is, is, are you the person that you thought you would be? Or are you happy with the person you are? Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. You don't have to answer. Yeah. It's rhetorical. And the, but I started going, huh. I don't know. Am I who I am because of this? I'm glad I'm off Facebook. I, I can say that. But I'm actually seriously considering getting rid of my Twitter. And I've said that many times. So it's, <laughs> are you really Kevin? <laughs> so... Um, Caroline but, said she deleted them. I don't know if she closed her accounts, but she got rid of all of them. So all of what she had, what Twitter, oh, Facebook, oh, all of Instagram. her social medias. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to reconcile. Okay, Kevin, I'm ex, you know I'm an expressive person. I'd like to do things and share. If I get rid of my Twitter, if I get rid of my Instagram, where's the do thing and share platforms? I can handle the do thing, but it's where cool. do I share? Well, yeah, and, and that might be it. I mean, I'm selling artwork, and I never thought I would. And maybe that's maybe that's all I need. It's because the algorithms told you you were an artist. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
the other thing is, is when I'm sitting at church, sometimes in between sets, because we play songs, I, I just have a little downtime because I've heard the sermon once already or, you know, because I got I'm, I'm there for two services. So I'm like killing time really <laughs> in between one of them, you know, and I sit there and I'm on Twitter a lot. What if I didn't do that? What would I do? I don't know what I would do. You know, You'd soak in the word, Kev. But I've already You'd heard it. Be once. in the moment. Basically, I'm in a waiting room at this point, <laughs> and so I'm trying to think. Gosh, do I even know how to like exist without some sort of stimuli in a room? You know. Well, you definitely have to go through the withdrawal symptoms. I mean, that's a hundred ten percent fact. And then I've already gone through the Facebook thing where I killed it off, but then I went, oh man, I can't talk to so and so anymore. Oh, hey, you know, shoot, yeah can't talk to so-and-so if i do that on twitter again i'm gonna have yet more people where I'm like oh yeah i really have no way to talk to him now and it's just like really sad yeah but also is that by design i don't know i would think so because i would think you know it's you you related users to software and drugs right so if we just go down the drugs path the the dealer wants to keep you on the drug to get paid keep money coming in and they want it to be difficult for you to get off. Thankfully, the product is oftentimes difficult to get off of because of addiction. And then lastly, you know, they they want to make it hard for you to walk away from that lifestyle. Oh. And I, you know, it's really like Kevin, we talked about drugs or software in that in those cases. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you Both. <laughs> yes, is the answer. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, they, they did bring up in the documentary and I'm extending this episode. I apologize. You know, it's amazing. You could pull out your phone, push a button and there's a car waiting to take you somewhere within minutes. That is pretty amazing. Not That's lie. the magic part. I really wish we had, um, single serving technologies, I guess. Meaning Uber, you know what I need you to do? I need you to show up with a car, take me there and then forget I fucking exist until I need you again. And yeah, right. Shake your head. I get it. But Facebook, same thing. Hey, Facebook, I need you to do your, tell me about whose freaking birthday it is. I need to see the family pictures and I need to see content from my people in my, in my feed. And that's it. And then when I'm off Facebook, I'm not on your platform. I don't fucking exist. I mean, but that's, but that goes against everything that we've talked about. No one will pay $10 a month for that service. So you can't you can't get those things for free. What did There's we ever price. do before this, Bob? That's that's what I'm trying to get at. We, we just had lived. Rolodexes, right? We we just lived. Nothing vast enters the world of mortals without a curse. We had we had phone numbers, and hell, we didn't even have phone numbers that like were assigned to your person. We had phone numbers assigned to a building called the home phone. How did we survive, Bob? Just fine. We survived just fine. You know, as we... The problem is, is the technology, the technology that helps cure disease, the technology that helps solve, you know, incalculable problems, social media, the internet, news information cycles, those are all byproducts of like those technologies, the important technologies could not have advanced without this you know, byproduct coming along with it. So a little personal introspection here, because I asked you, you know, pre-post social media, 
so for pre-social media for me, how did I exist? Well, I had a phone, like a cell phone. So let's fast forward to there. But the funny thing is I didn't have a global or at least even a regional network. You know, right. my, my network was very local. It was, hey, let's go to the movie. Hey, let's go to the local thing. Hey, let's go here. And then when social media came, it suddenly is like that that inner ring of people almost didn't matter anymore. And then it was like you're rewarded for having these social networks of people in England. Hey, I know somebody in England. <laughs> you know, hey, I know somebody in Denmark. Ooh, whoopee. You know, hey, this some person's from Australia. You know, oh, cool. And then it's like we spend more time trying to interact with those folks and we forget the people in our, our local orbits because we can. And I almost miss that. You know, I almost miss like, well, Kevin, I need to go to the movies. Who's your choices? You know, well, I don't know. Let me open up my phone and contact. Do you even use your phone contacts anymore? No, I don't. Since the pandemic. I mean, even I guess before the pandemic, but even more so after the pandemic, I don't use my phone at all. (laughs) So here I'm just reminiscing now. Bob, once upon a time, I knew people's phone numbers. I don't know anyone's phone number except for maybe my wife because I have to put I still on know medical my parents forms. Number, but... Okay, because it hasn't changed since you did know it. Right. But my point is, is you meet somebody new. No, hey, yeah. No. Hey, uh, here's my number. Text me. And then you put it in your phone book and that's it. Done. Or now you just hand your phone over and have them put it in. Bob, remember, you're old enough to remember, we didn't used to have 10 digit phone numbers. You just had to, you didn't even have to put in your area code. You just dialed. That 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 yes. that 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 you just dialed the seven digits. Now, of course, older people. Well, we didn't even have that with party lines. Yeah, well, I'm not them. But anyway, <laughs> so um, you know, it was shocking to me the day that pe- we had to start entering area codes. It's like, well, I'm just calling local. You know, we had this whole concept of local and long distance, dude. We've been through a lot, and this whole like social media revolution, if you will, has really disrupted and that's that's that tech buzzword oh yeah we've disrupted okay yeah but i <laughs> we're gonna use it in negative here yeah <laughs> definitely a pejorative this is not a compliment of disrupt in fact mark zuckerberg i wish you i never knew who you were honest i can honest to god say you know i wish i never had to see any stupid things called you know or what did we watch recently or i watched recently with uh there was a documentary on him it's old it's like a decade old uh, the social network. Oh, right? social network. Yeah. yeah. I wish those didn't exist because I wish I just didn't know who Mark Zuckerberg was because I wish I didn't give a fuck. It but was good know? to get to know the Winklevoss twins, though. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I still don't care about that. Um, I guess my, I'm, so, I'm starting to sound like an old man. Who turned 50 well, here? Me or you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Well, um, speaking of getting old, um, I'm going to wither away and die if I don't eat. So, I think we gotta wrap gotta this wrap thing this, up. Wrap this thing up. We didn't solve anything again. I just want to finish by saying, kids, don't do drugs and don't do social media. <laughs> All right, and also, kids, Bob's still on Facebook. Just saying, I am. I'm still on all of them. <laughs> all that's right, I'm, it's because I'm better than all of you. <laughs> all right, I've just been meandering, so I have no final thoughts. But I want you to take us home. All right, man. Everyone, have a great week. Uh, stay off social media, but do go to bobandkevin.show and listen to some episodes. Hit like, subscribe. I don't know what kids do these days, but find us where finer podcasts are sold or not, because ours is free 100% all the time. Give us some Paid stars. Paid for by your data. Review. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. Just data supported. You are the product. Just remember that. Have a great week, y'all. Bye. Hey, have you ever wondered how you can get in touch with us at the Bob and Kevin Show? Well, first, you can try us via email at comments at bobandkevinshow.com. Or are you more into social? If so, you can find us on Twitter at Bob and Kevin Show. Or on Instagram as Bob N. Kevin Show. That's Bob, the letter N, Kevin Show. And if you're still on Facebook, you can even find us at facebook.com slash Bob and Kevin Show. And for the serious business fans, you can even find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash the dash Bob dash Kevin dash show. How's that for a handle? Let's connect. <laughs>